0: Welcome to On the Road to No Place Left. This is Feeney and I'm driving as we learn to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders in churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard. This is season four where we're tackling all questions related to simple churches that can start among lost people for zero dollars. Today we'll hear from Tyler and Ben. They have some great stories to share and lessons they've learned as they've seen churches impact lost people in Utah. Let's jump in. Tyler and Ben, super thankful you guys are jumping on. Tyler, I know we talked, it was pre-COVID, so that was like a lifetime ago, talking about you living on mission uh, with your window washing business. Just for the sake of everybody, do you guys each want to kind of give a short intro just of of who you are and where you are and and what you're doing before we jump into a story or two? My name is
1: Ben Long, and I'm uh, based out here in Ogden, Utah, and I grew up in Georgia and felt like the Lord called us to, to mission and ministry, and so we moved out here back in 2017, and uh, we're involved with a, a local house church called Wasatch Mountain Church in Ogden.
2: Good to see you again, Peter. Yeah, so I moved out here as well with uh, Ben and Amanda, and we moved out here in 2017. We're part of that church in their home. And now we've seen the Lord start a church in our home.
0: Ben, do you just want to tell us the story of the Wasatch the Mountain Church in your home? And-
2: Grew up in Georgia,
1: um, spent a couple of years uh, going to school in North Carolina, and then really felt like getting connected with a group of, of folks that were actually heading out here to Utah to start like uh, churches beyond mission. And uh, so we moved out here in 2017. In 2018, uh, about the summertime. Um, we started meeting in our home as a church and we identified as the as Wasatch Mountain Church back in 2018. This was with Tyler and his wife, Ellie, and another uh, family and another single lady. And we started just, a, we've been engaging lostness ever since we got here, seeking to uh, go out and meet people of peace, go out and, and be involved in those kinds of searches. And also uh, just through building Oikos uh, in and around our our home and our families in, in various ways. And we were working through that for, for a year, year and a half, and then COVID kind of came around. That uh, obviously brought a lot of differences and challenges for people uh, here, particularly you know among legacy churches, but also even in the house church and how do we meet and what do we do? And we started off on Zoom for a little bit, but we just felt like it was really important to be together uh, in person. And so we actually started meeting out in, in the backyard uh, in our home. Uh, where people could kind of space out and uh, and still still be together. And so through that time, the Lord really just started to work in people's lives that we knew. We had been known for either a season or a couple of years or just got to know some new folks. And they started uh, becoming a part of our gathering um, over, over the COVID season, summer, fall. That was a really interesting dynamic because uh, COVID actually seeming that season of COVID seemed to bring more people that we could actually connect with and reach. And so as we got towards uh, the the winter season, we knew, you know, we, we needed to go, it was too cold to stay outside. We needed to go back inside, but also God had really put a, had for a long season, put a heart of multiplication on our our hearts, um, a desire for that. And so, and we had many new people um, and we weren't going to be able to fit back in our, our living room. And so uh, out of that season, kind of in the, the fall winter season, we were praying and really thought the Lord was leading us to multiply our church into another home. And that's that's where the church started to meet in uh, in Tyler's home. I think uh, a couple of cool stories that kind of led to that was um, a gentleman that I had known for a couple of years, the Lord had really brought to end of his rope. And he uh, was able to give his life to the Lord in that fall season and become part of our gathering. And that's just something the Lord was doing in his life over over a longer season for years. There was also um, some folks that w- were participating in the LDS faith, but they had um, left the LDS faith. That summer, my wife and I just felt uh, compelled to, to start praying that God would bring people to our door and bring people to our home that we could... Connect with, and while she was crossing the street with a stroller, um, the wheels fell off, and a gentleman um, was there to help her. And he had worked at a bike shop, and he they got to have some conversation. She invited them to our gathering. We were praying for a couple of months, and then they ended up coming to our door and saying they wanted to join our gathering. A couple months later, just so uh, just really awesome to see God providentially working in people's lives and and drawing them close to close to him and we're just able to be a part of it and we're super excited for that and so just seeing God work through some oikos that we've had for a season and also God working through just I would say people of peace that he providentially allowed us to connect with Uh, and those people are still part of our gathering today so I was really encouraged by that that's kind of a a real brief story of of where we're at and getting to where Tyler and and his church is
0: at today Tyler, you can jump into that story at whatever point you feel like it's helpful, but what about you and your family along that journey?
2: So we were tracking right along with the church and Ben and Amanda's home, enjoying every bit of it, man, seeing the Lord work and hearing some of these stories where God's adding to our number. Honestly, me and my wife didn't have vision for church in our home. We were serving others and helping them with trying to get some groups started in their home. And working towards churches. and So I was investing in some other leaders who had vision for church in their home. The Lord decided he wanted to start one in my home. So <laughs> that would be maybe the backstory where you're asking if I had <laughs> desire for this or not. But here's, here's a story of how that happened. Uh, we moved into our new house in February 2020. So as soon as we moved in, we met our neighbors to either side of us. And we just began to develop a relationship with them. And we told them we were followers of Jesus. We offered to pray for them. We shared our stories with them. We shared the gospel with them and uh, invited them to join us for worship and church and Ben and Amanda's home. And so we were becoming friends with our neighbors. And one day I was out walking my dog and one of the neighbors uh, got my attention over the fence and said, hey, can we come to church tomorrow? Yeah, you can actually. And uh, so they came, this was probably in the summer, uh, 2020. They came, maybe it's summer, fall time, uh, 2020, but they came that Sunday. That's when we were baptized. And one of the guys Ben mentioned, as he was sharing the story, who mm-hmm. who, um, who came to faith earlier that week. And so after we baptized uh, him, we came up out of that baptism and said, Hey, is there anybody else here who wants to go all in with Jesus? And be baptized as well today. And we read from Acts 2, you know, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, Mm -hmm. for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is true for you and for your children and for everybody who's far off. And my neighbor was there. She heard it. Yeah, she said she she wanted to follow Jesus. And so she went back to her house to get a change of clothes to be baptized. When she left to go get a change of clothes, I just started a conversation with her future mother-in-law who also lives right next door to us. So they live together and she was there too for church that evening. And I said, Hey, you know, um, what about you? And, and she said, there's this word that's been on my mind all day and it's the word new. And I said, well, I wonder if Jesus wants to give you a new life too. Mm. And she said, I think so. And so she went home to get her clothes, too, to be baptized that night. So we got to baptize a couple of my neighbors that night, and um, we're looking at this, seeing what the Lord's doing in our neighborhood, and that's the same time the church and Ben's home is is growing. The Lord's adding to our number. COVID is kind of putting some pressure on us to limit gathering sizes, and um, winter's fall, winter's approaching, so we can't really meet outside anymore, and Uh, spread spread out so we thought it was interesting timing to see what the Lord was doing there and so we took a couple of those new disciples right here in my neighborhood and at that point launched out to the start of a new church in in our home um, we invited some other neighbors my wife Ellie had befriended uh, another lady who was transitioning out of the LDS church as well. Then I invited some of those other leaders that I'd mentioned I was investing in to kind of help them start churches in their homes. I said, hey, um, as you guys have vision to do something like that in in your homes and in your neighborhoods, why don't you come join me for a season and we can learn some lessons together. And so they joined. Uh, A couple of those new disciples invited their family. And so their husband came and boyfriend came. And so uh, that was kind of the start. That was the start of a New church in our home. We started gathering in November, just a few months ago
0: now. I was wondering if either one of you could could share about maybe that season. Like, basically, I'm here like 2018, for sure, most of 2019 into 2020. I don't know if it's a fair question to ask, say, what was church like then? Was that at that point predominantly existing believers? And what were some of your guys' habits or practices to make sure you were still engaging lostness, as now you're seeing God bring fruit out of that? We started off predominantly
1: with the folks that moved out here um, together as a team, just kind of as a, a missionary team. And so our church, from 2018 to 20, kind of 2019-ish, 2020, we were primarily believe primarily uh, existing believers. And um, but on a very frequent basis, we're pursuing and engaging the harvest, pursuing and kind of working. Uh, through oikos and also doing like house of peace searches and so uh, i I feel like we were doing many of those practices and i I don't know maybe you could say grinding it out just feeling like we were pursuing the lord and pursuing people you know praying for the
2: rain praying for the harvest in that time frame just a lot of perseverance and uh, what we feel the lord calling us to i think starting to see some first fruits at this point praise god
0: it sounds like your initial group was definitely like, hey, we identify as a church, but were there any, yeah, any challenges there as you guys brought in new believers and discipled them?
2: Yeah, I don't know if we saw any challenges with that. Um, I think it was just something we saw that we Lord doing, and uh, we cast vision for it. So the first Sunday, yeah, so when do we meet? We meet Sunday evenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems to be a, a good time for everybody to come together. And the first Sunday we met, we drew out the church circle from Acts chapter two, uh, where we read through Acts chapter two and uh, discovered together what the early church was giving themselves to. And we so we started casting vision from day one, and we drew the church circle every single week um, for three months. And in fact, we we are still drawing it out. What we were saying was, "Hey, we want to be a." Of people as we walk through each of these components of the church circle, we want to be a people who um, aren't just learning about these things. So, if you think about some of those things in Acts chapter 2, prayer, giving, worship, and we, we said, Hey, we don't want to pe- be a people who just learn what it looks like to worship, but we want to be a people of worship. And we don't want to be a people uh, that learns what it looks like to pray, but we want to become a people of prayer. And we want to become a people that are devoted to some of these things as, as church. And so that vision, I think was caught by everybody by the end of journey through some of those commands of Christ. We, yeah, we asked the question at the end, Hey, we don't want to be a people who just learn what it means to gather as church, but we want to be church together with one another. And that was received pretty Pretty strongly by everybody that was a part of it, and we identified as church then. So that was kind of the process. We drew the church circle. We walked through the commands of Christ. After uh, probably it took us about three months to walk through all the commands of Christ. We uh, identified as a church. We named our church. We named the church after the neighborhood we're meeting in, uh, which is Fort Bingham. So uh, we named the church the Church in Fort Bingham, and then we started talking about appointing leaders.
0: Any stories, um, particularly of uh, discipleship happening? We know discipleship happens best in the context of church. So I was just curious if anything comes to mind as I ask that. Just a story of uh, disciples growing, new disciples being made or, or being made healthier. So one of
2: the new disciples, uh, one of my neighbors, she was delivered from a demon that first night. She was baptized and uh, she was she was healed of a personality disorder. She is starting to be established in the faith and grow in the faith. Just this, this Saturday, uh, last week, she was out in the neighborhood with us prayer walking. And uh, the Lord really used her in that the primary one probably discipling her would be her the future mother-in-law, another new believer. So we're, at, we're serving the one lady to actually help disciple the, the other younger lady and she texted us this morning, just this morning, right before this call, and said, hey, it's amazing. She's growing in her desire to pray. She just prayed for us as we left town for the weekend, and and so that's, a, that's actually fruit of discipleship downstream. She was actually the one that baptized her too that night. My wife baptized the first lady, the one next door, and then she turned around and baptized the younger lady.
0: Awesome. Um, well, before we hit record, Ben, you were you were saying that even this weekend, you guys have a, a new disciple to baptize. Is there any story to share there or just any updates from kind of over the last six months as that uh, multiplication has happened? Yeah. So, it just really
1: uh, awesome time last year where the Lord was really working. Our family is particularly involved in a ministry of like reaching out to kids and their families. And so, uh, our family has five kids. And so, we connect with families pretty well. That seems to be a, the major avenue the Lord has allowed us to connect with people. Last year and the year before, I started just doing coaching uh, in the community. So coaching black football, coaching baseball. And we just really um, saw that as an opportunity for the Lord to connect us with families in the community because they are forced to be with us for like a month <laughs> while we while we do the sport, whatever it is. And, and it's awesome just to get to know the different uh, families and kids. And uh, and even in our area, in our community, they always assigned kids that lived in the same area to the same team. That just really worked in our favor. So through that, we got to connect with several families. And we do, on, on Wednesday night, we do something we just call Kids Night, where we read the word uh, with them. We sing. And we play a game and we're just sharing the gospel. Uh, It was very evangelistic uh, for several years. We started doing that probably back in 2019 or maybe even late 18. We've just been sharing the gospel, reading stories about Jesus, asking them questions. And um, over that last summer in 2020, even in the midst of COVID, we had more kids than we ever had uh, coming to to the kids' night. And through the summertime and through prayer and through sh- just sharing the gospel, several of those kids came to faith. And so um, we've been pursuing uh, discipleship now. Our evangelistic kind of kids night has is still there as well, but it also has turned into discipleship time for those kids and connecting with their families. Um, their families, uh, m- many of them uh, don't know the Lord. And so, our, our good connections with them. And so, we're actually going to be baptizing some of those young men that have put their faith in the Lord. And even my daughters have put their faith in the Lord over this past year. And so, we're going to be baptizing them this
0: Sunday. As kids, night just run out of your house. Yeah, we just run it out of our living room in our backyard. Oh, that's awesome, man! Because I think there'd be a knock on like, well, you have to be you have to be a bigger church to be able to run a good kids program. So that's awesome to hear you guys just getting after lostness and even then discipleship of kids uh, in your setting and context, man. I, I'm really encouraged by that. What are you learning? And that can be long term over the journey or just a like right now. This is what God's teaching you. But anything that you feel like you're learning, I think some things that stand out to me um, that I'm learning is I feel like our gathering
1: has been uh, having just a much stronger like Christian community and love for one another, even as we meet uh, in a in a small house and um, just really encouraging to see the bond that we have with one another It's just really growing deeper and I see a lot of hunger for the word in people and so that's really encouraging to see that as we work through the word and I think leaders are being developed out of out of this uh, whether in in the church that meets in my home or the church that meets in Tyler's home and and even other churches that we're connected with, we're seeing leaders develop that can multiply what we're doing out of, out of this. Um, I think it's also interesting to see that we're kind of in the messy middle, uh, if you've heard that term before, with, with disciples and you're like working through uh, many of these things. And man, it's unpleasant sometimes, uh, but it's also very f- fruitful as you see people work through the messy middle. And I'm really encouraged that I, I see people in our gathering, they're regularly sharing their faith whether it's through people they work with or neighbors or whatever, just really engaging people. Those are things that are encouraging to me that I've seen in our gathering here, but also uh, some things that I feel like I'm learning short-term and long-term are look for God's leading and multiplication. And so I feel like as we were, we've been praying for a long time that God would multiply and that, and we were pursuing that and we were kind of, uh, as Tyler was saying, persevering and trying to, to pursue that. The Lord really just brought people through connections that he had had that we had and that he grew over time to allow multiplication to happen. And I, and I really see one thing I've grown a lot in over the last few years is prayer. Like prayer. I, I really feel more and more convinced that prayer is the primary work and that God is drawing people to himself. Um, and that we're just praying for God to work in people's hearts and to connect us with those people. You know, even in the more like it, we don't seem like we're getting anywhere kind of times. I feel like just keeping keep investing because the Lord will bring some some heavenly returns, so to speak, in His timing. And um, I, I'm always reminded of this verse from Luke 16, where Jesus says, "Where one is fa- if one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much." And so, a question we've asked, I think, over the the period of time. Uh, that we've been here, it'd be, uh, and, and Tyler has been great at asking this question. Are we the type of people that God would entrust a movement to? Could we be faithful in the little things so that God could entrust something to us to be faithful in the much? And also just been rejoicing and seeing uh, those kind of uh, God is causing the growth mm. in his timing here in the last uh, year or so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Before Tyler jumps in, I'm, I just want to highlight that because I keep hearing that. And it's such a great verse at the end of Acts 2, where it says God added to their number those who are being saved, but that isn't a ticket out of us doing anything, right? That we just sit and do nothing. Like you guys are living with the intentionality for years, but at the end of the day, it's God's work. Like, so there's just this, we're holding both as equally true. So, man, I I just think your story highlights that super well. So,
2: yeah, I would again highlight that point where it's the Lord's work, a couple of passages, I think that highlight that as well, that have really been on my heart in this work of seeing new churches started and multiplied is the passage that talks about the Lord building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's uh, one we can hold on to. The Lord will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You can think about that on another another note too. So you can think about how encouraging that is as the Lord goes to build his church, but then also you can think about it as actually the one who's doing it is actually the Lord. The Lord is the one who builds his church. So if those who are building the house, unless it's the Lord who builds the house, those who labor, are they're actually gonna labor in vain. We can plant and we can water, but at the end of the day, it's God who's gonna give the growth. That That's really encouraging in a lot of ways. Uh, I think it's really humbling at the same time I think it encourages, here's a second principle that we can uh, highlight here, faith in our hearts, especially when you're thinking about seeing a new church started or a church multiplied. What could come up in your heart is, man, this thing's not going to make it. We've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight people. That's not enough to to see a new church started. And, And actually, as you're sending out or multiplying a church, then you're leaving behind that other church, you know, two, three units of people, four, five units and that you're like, oh no, this isn't gonna work. And I but I think, I think we can trust him. I think we can in in faith trust that the Lord is gonna, if he's doing this work, he's building the church and he's multiplying the church and he's the one that's given the growth. I think our story highlights as we step into that by faith, even if they're small groups, God, God could add to our number as we trust him to do it and continue to persevere in what he's calling us to. So I think the, those couple of principles are, are really important uh, to highlight the piece about faith in our hearts and trusting the Lord to do this work. Another thing I think we can uh, learn in this, this model of church planting, simple, I think it's biblical and, and reproducing is, yeah, it's just that it's simple and it can be reproduced by anyone. So one of the guys, there's just a quick story to highlight that that joined us for uh, the start of the church in our home was I think just a year, a year old believer. And he joined us for probably the first four weeks before the Lord called him up north to Idaho um, to be a part of a university there and uh, go to school. He's running cross country. and What he did when he got to the university was he gathered a bunch of students and he said, let's start a group on campus. And uh, the first thing he did was go to Acts 2 and cast vision for them. And then the, they started walking through um, those commands of Christ that we see. there are pictured in the Acts 2 church circle. And I just was up in Idaho this week with another brother visiting him and uh, looking at this group that he started. I think there was 15 people there that were gathered uh, in the library on campus. They were walking through one of those commands of of Christ. And so a pretty new believer being able to be a part of something like this and then take it
0: um, and reproduce it and start another one. That's a great, great story. How do you guys stay connected? Um, Obviously you know each other, but just even your churches, is there what you'd call an actual network or just what are your connections look like?
2: That's definitely a big thing that I think the Lord desires is unity uh, among his people. And, and unity can be expressed, I think, through networking and working together, and especially in a, in a region or a locale. We're, we are definitely learning a lot about networking together in this season. So the church that meets in Ben and Amanda's home, uh, the church that meets in my home, are uh, two of the churches that are a part of the network of churches we're connected with. I think there's seven churches now that are networked together across Utah, and every one of those churches at this point are meeting in homes and pursuing uh, no place left vision and similar strategy. You'll probably see them both draw out the church circle and walk through some similar things, but it it, but they're made up of different people and and um, different cultures. But, but it's sim- similar in our heart. We're united in the spirit. And we're so we're trying to learn how to network together. So what that looks like for us right now is the leaders of those seven churches meet on a regular basis. So we have a monthly network leaders meeting uh, at this point where we're really focused on the gaps and where we're headed next. So we're looking at places where in Utah, there, literally there's. There's cities here, uh, ten thousand plus people with zero Christians, zero churches, and so we're looking at some of the um, unreached areas and uh, different peoples and places that we want to engage next. So we're we're doing a Hispanic training coming up. Um, one of those churches in our in our network is a Hispanic church, and so we're working together across the network to really look towards the gaps and where we're headed next. Ben is developing some some shepherd development and uh, we're starting to have some of those conversations about appointing elders in some of these churches so we just appointed an elder in the church in my home probably in the next two or three months we're going to see a couple of other elders appointed in a couple of those other churches and so yeah we're definitely working together a lot of it right now is looking like the leaders coming together Yeah, it's also relationally we're connected, especially the relationships between the church in my home and the church in Ben and Amanda's home. Most of those people, they know each other and are
0: are relationally connected. Is there anything else, even as you thought about this, that you'd want to share, whether that's in a story or that's just uh, something God's really spoken to you about?
2: Whenever the church multiplied
0: out of Ben and Amanda's home into,
2: into our home, what we saw happen was some space open up and Ben and Amanda's home, and that space is actually now being filled from others. And so I think that's an interesting point to highlight, and that may be part of the faith and trusting the Lord, you know, and stepping into faith as you see what he's doing. And So even like this this Sunday, as Ben and Amanda are, are baptizing uh, some folks, and actually, um, Ben, I'm going to have to get that
0: horse trough from you because we're going to be baptizing somebody uh, Sunday evening as well. Yeah, you didn't share that. You're networking together and sharing the horse trough. Yeah. Right, that's right. awesome. <laughs> ben, any last thoughts from you? Something that's really stood out to me over
1: these past years is a couple of years ago, um, we were reading a book uh, by J.D. Payne about church plan, apostolic church planning. And I was reading that book and I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is, this is impossible. Like, who does these things, right? And like, I was struggling through that book and I was like, man, this is awesome. But like, there's just no way. I would love for God to do something like this in my life. And that, that main idea was you're going you're just going and engaging lostness and starting new churches, That's kind of the main idea there. And I uh, was like, man, that'd be awesome if we were able to do something like that out of our home. And I uh, just felt like over these past few years, God has allowed us to grow and to to get to the point where people who thought that was seemingly impossible could see that God could actually grow and multiply churches out of, out of our home which is um, really awesome to see and really mind-blowing. Yeah, but it, it did take a lot of uh, a lot of struggle and a lot of heartache and a lot of um, messy middle, uh, whatever you want to call it. But I thought it was pretty cool
0: just to, to see that happen over these last few years. And what's next for you guys? What's next for the church, the churches? We're going to keep seeing the Lord add to our number,
2: those who are being saved. And uh, I think we're going to continue to see... Churches multiplied. I think we're going to see our, our churches continue to grow in health and in maturity. It's so exciting to be the churches. It, it's a family, and so I think these these families are growing together. See, here here's an example of the family. So, one of the new believers, our our neighbor, she could come, come you know just on Sundays and, and get discipled once a week, or um, but then she offered to like babysit our kids. And, watch our kids and so we got connected and um she's babysitting our kids and, and we're leaving and going on dates and now she does that for us like regularly as just like a part of, she's like yeah part of our family we're part of their family and 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 her son now actually is is working in the, co- the company i'm a part of oh, actually another guy that's in the church in my home that works part of the company i'm a part of and and one of the one of the guys that you know, went up to Otto. He's coming back this summer. He's going to be working in that same company. So We're like a little family. And I think we're going to continue to grow together as a family. Oh, some of the, one of the newer believers is she's getting married next year. And I know there's somebody in, in Amanda's church that's getting married too. And we get the privilege of seeing them grow up together and get married. And it's just, it's neat, man, to be a part of like family stuff with, with each other. And I think we're going to continue to grow in in those areas, and I think one of the one of the things we're doing right now to see the Lord add to our number, especially as we see guys in the church in my home with the heart to reproduce and start their own gatherings, that's going to like we're going to lose a lot of people because they're multiplying, and so we're really pressing into asking the Lord to add to our number uh, to to prepare us for that multiplication. And so, once a week, we just go walking around the neighborhood doing some prayer walking and going house to house, talking to people. So what that looks like, we just started actually last Saturday is one team will go out and they're just praying for the neighbors and the other team is going out and they're going house to house and letting the neighbors know that we're praying for them and looking for opportunities to share the gospel. And so that that's a rhythm. I think we're going to continue to build into our, just our, our church, uh, weekly basis so that we can see the the Lord work through that to save folks. For our church, we're just, uh, we're experiencing some of that same family and community. I'm
1: looking forward to that. And I I believe like over the next uh, year or so, I don't know for sure, but the Lord will really be drawing more people to himself and allowing us to multiply out. Uh, That's our prayer. And and I think that would be specific for our church, but I think overall in our network here, as Tyler mentioned, um, we're working towards like shepherd development, pastoral development. And so that'll be our next um, maybe phase or stage of where we're at in the work um, is making sure that if there's qualified uh, people to be shepherds in these house churches, that we can go ahead and move forward with like understanding the biblical basis for it and appointing those people to do that. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing that's really stood out to me, and I, I didn't even think about this, but I felt like God's gifted us in pretty different ways like tyler myself and the other people on our team but god has used those various giftings and the various ways we've connected with people or even some of the the methods if you will um to engage people and so i've really seen that play out very it's just different for different people but they're still pursuing the same principles right um The methodology might be slightly different, but the same principles. We want to engage lostness, uh, oikos. We want to engage even people we don't know. And so it's been really cool to see that as the Lord has really allowed people with different giftings um, to engage people differently. That's really stood out to
2: me here. I think that piece about trusting the Lord and like he's the one that's doing this work. Is really I don't know if that's a pattern. I'm, I'm guessing it probably is.
0: Yeah. Well, that'd be the other thing. I, what I've had it in my head, but I love. I appreciate the call to say it's to trust and faith in the Lord. Is there after in that season of drought or perseverance? It feels like God often. I and mean, we don't know when we can't control the timing, but God will gift something to somebody, right? Like
2: I think often the the Lord could use that season of perseverance to develop dependence in our mm-hmm. hearts and deepen our prayer and fasting so prayer and fasting is a is a huge part of the dna of Mm. our church and our network um even this year we're doing uh, the first three days of every month we're praying and fasting together as across the network Uh, totally dependent on the lord Mm. to do this work
0: well how does that hit a new believer or a relatively young believer like wait what are we doing like just would love any like perspective on that yeah, I
2: think it's um, received with questions. What it what does that look like? Do I, do I just don't eat and don't drink anything? I remember the first time I fasted. Um, I don't know. Nobody really told me right, yeah. what it means to fast. So I just thought, I'm just not going to do anything. So I didn't eat. I didn't drink. I'm working in like 100 degree weather on top of a roof, cleaning out gutters. And I'm like, just going all in with it, you know. Um, but I think being able to communicate with some of the new believers like some hey you can step into this and maybe you can skip a meal and then maybe you can skip two meals um go ahead and have your dinner you know and a lot of times that's what my fasting rhythm will look like anyway just skipping breakfast and lunch and then having dinner mm-hmm. and then maybe doing that for three days in a row
0: so Got it. cool oh, that's fun yeah that's a funny story. Yeah, don't fast and then re roof a house. Oh my goodness, you'd kill yourself. Well, just
2: drink some Gatorade. There you go. <laughs> it was awesome. powerful, though. I remember the first That's
0: so time. awesome. I was
2: fasting. I was on top of that roof, and my wife, she was fasting
0: the same day. It was the first time we fasted, I think, together. Great, guys. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Check out the show notes leave a comment or ask a question at ontheroad.link. That's ontheroad.link. You can also call or text 321-209-3899. This is Feeney. Thanks for listening. The On The Road podcast is to encourage you to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard.